Russell Westbrook has his best game as a Laker as they beat the San Antonio Spurs in overtime. Jokic leads the game with a knee injury as the Nuggets fall to the Utah Jazz. And then real or fake, should James Harden be worried? What about Damian Lillard? And are the Bulls back? We cover it all in the Wednesday edition of Locked on NBA. Let's go. You are Locked on NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA, the daily podcast covering everything you want to know about the association, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On Wednesdays, I'm your usual co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales, at Reds Army John underscore John on Twitter, forget my own Twitter handle, and the host of the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you all for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about this league. And look, it was a fun night of action Tuesday night in the NBA, and we're going to cover it all. The Lakers get a big win. The Denver Nuggets fall to the Jazz. The Knicks beat the 76ers. We're going to cover it all. Plus, we're going to have some fun in the third segment of Real or Fake. But let's jump right into the games. We watched them all. You didn't. That's why we call this the Too Long Didn't Watch. And we're going to start with the Lakers winning in overtime over the San Antonio Spurs, 125-121. It almost annoys me, John, that I find the Lakers a really interesting team (laughs) because like, they don't need more reasons to be interesting. They're the Lakers. They're always kind of interesting. But Russell Westbrook going off and having his best game as a Laker, right? 33 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists on the night. Like this, This game where he does that, Anthony Davis goes for 35 and 17. There's no LeBron James who's sitting out after kind of uh, banging up his ankle in the other game. This shouldn't have been that close. And as good as Russell Westbrook was in this one, some weird lineups with him and Rondo are like the reason this was closer than it should have been, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, well, look, let's give San Antonio some credit. They're they're actually not surprisingly better than we expected. They're, they're going to still lose a lot of games and, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs or the play-in, but they're still not a walkover. They're not like the OKC Thunder. They're they're not going to sit there and be like, um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry, you're the Lakers, you're Russell Westbrook. Oh, please um, go and score 30 on us. They're, they're going to make you earn it. But I think the the lack of LeBron certainly is you know something that they're they're, they're experimenting with some of the lineups to trying to figure out how to, to to best handle things but you know when it comes to Westbrook for the most part you play DeAndre Jordan 15 minutes you give him his token 15 minutes then you play somewhat normal lineups after that and Westbrook does take advantage I, I was I kind of edited myself there because I was going to say, it's not like the the Spurs say, "Oh, please, just go to the rim." But the way they were defending Westbrook at the end—I mean, of the a, game, yeah, like a little they, bit. They kind they of were doing that. They did invite him to just go right to the rim because they were playing up on him so high. Uh, I don't, I don't get it. Right? Like, look, he's not the same player he once was, and he he takes too many jumpers for a guy who could still exactly. have that speed and get to the basket like he does. And he was splitting defenders left and right in this one. Why, why are you guarding him five feet behind the three point line and instead just say you you want him shooting those jumpers? You want him taking threes? Right. And he was killing them, especially late in the game, to be able to get to the rim and score like he was doing. Um, also, look, I, I know you said the Lakers are trying to experiment. I don't know what else they were supposed to do in this game either. They had like. 10 
10 healthy guys. They have what? No, no wings right now. You have like three bigs and like, that's about it. It's it's there's only weird lineups that they can throw out there. But for a while in that first half, especially what, whatever they were doing was not working at all. And I got kind of nervous for him in this one. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes you just got to throw guys out there when you're shorthanded. It's almost like base the baseball equivalent of an innings eater. You just got to go throw somebody out there that can play 20 minutes for you, and then that's, that's you know, whatever whoever it is, it is. When you're shorthanded, you got to deal with it. Um, I, I, look, they won this game. Anthony Davis went down late, got a, a bumped – I say bumped knees, knocked knees – in a free throw situation, somebody's knee ran into his knee and he went down and was kind of limping around a little bit. Then for some reason, the Lakers come down to try to win the game at the end of regulation by throwing the guy who just went down with a knee, uh, whatever it was, an alley-oop. Like, can we get the guy a second to recover? Uh, obviously that didn't work, but I don't know why they went and played Davis at the end. Like he was necessary for them to win. And and maybe the Lakers who have said they're going to take the long run approach with LeBron and his ankle, maybe the Lakers are, are sitting here saying, hey, this is the Spurs. We can't afford a bad loss to the Spurs. We need to just worry about actual seeding and wins because seeding is going to matter in the West. And we, we can't drop this game. I thought it was a real interesting decision to throw Davis back out there uh, and not have, look, Westbrook's going off. Just see if Westbrook could go win it. And he, he sort of kind of did at the end, but I, I do question the decision to throw Davis back out there. You know, it, it, it was interesting how they used him, I thought, right? Like he was, other than Westbrook, he, he was carrying the team at times and he was like very good in this game, right? 35 points, 17 boards. He was five of six from the free throw line, four assists, four blocks. At times he kind of showed all world defender, right? Carried them. Uh, and then there were times when they threw out lineups where he was like the only credible threat and it was actually easy to kind of defend him. And he was the only one that could actually guard other people. I don't know. Like the, the Lakers are just, that's why I said they're interesting, right? Like sure. this was, if you watch this one, they were just so weird, but there's so much talent there that they're able to, win i don't know but it's it's a good point right like they're clearly playing the long game here and they didn't really kind of take that approach and they really fought hard went into overtime and kind of like went out to win it i guess which yeah, is what you I do mean, it's like a basketball game why not no, it's fine but. it's fine like i'm not sitting there saying you don't go out and try to win a game but look we're going to talk about the nuggets in a minute but the nuggets said hey you know who knows maybe uh Jokic could have come back in from his similar knee knocking type of thing they said, you know what? No, no thanks. And and they ended up losing the game. But the long term, and especially with Anthony Davis, especially with Anthony Davis, who is constantly seemingly battling something, why why tempt fate? And, and it, it doesn't seem like it's that big a deal, so good for the Lakers. But I just don't see why tempt fate with, with that in the third or fourth game of the season just roll a dice. You, you know that you're going to come back and LeBron's going to come back and you're going to, you're going to figure it out. But I will say, I guess the counterpoint to my own argument is that you got a Westbrook game where he's scoring 30 and, and he and Davis are the only two things you got going as far as scoring wise, then you might as well just look, let's go, let's try to grab this win. And if we need to sit Anthony Davis in the next game, we'll, we'll, we'll do that then, but let's just grab this win and get out of here and figure it out. Yeah. I, I, I think that's, 
That is a good, good way to look at it. So a couple more games before we jump into that Nuggets game and then the Knicks win over the 76ers. We had the Oklahoma City Thunder who are leading the Golden State Warriors for a while, but Golden State pulls it out 106-98. This one is kind of how it went, right? Like Golden State just started off slow. Then Steph Curry finally got going. He finished with 23. The better team won. Yeah. I mean, I was for this game, I said, you know what? I guess I'm laundry to fold. So I'm just going to go like take the first few minutes of the first quarter, go fold up some of the laundry. I come out and I saw 14 4. I'm like, oh, of course it's 14 4. What? It's 14 yeah, like, 4. Oklahoma doing City? This here? But yeah, it's it's a, a, a good team going up against a horrible team that came in just relaxed. And they, you know, have, in the third quarter, they, they were like, all right, let's try. And they put together a 17 2 run and then. That's it. Good night. Yeah, they they know what they need to do for for the Thunder. Shea Gilgis Alexander, thirty points on the night. He's an absolute stud. One of the other games on the night, you had the Dallas Mavericks beating the Houston Rockets, one sixteen, one oh six. Kristaps Porzingis left this one in the middle of the game. Didn't come back in. He only played nineteen and a half minutes here. Luka Doncic, twenty six points, fourteen rebounds, seven assists, only one of six from three though. Any other thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, I absolutely have to bring up that all 15 players played in this game. And Jason Kidd said that was per the request of the three-man leadership council, which I was hoping would not get revealed so we would have an entire day of wondering what the hell this leadership council is and who's on it. Turns out it's a players council of Doncic, Porzingis, and Tim Hardaway Jr., and who knows, maybe they just said, hey, let's let's try to get everybody out there for the home opener or whatever. But um, I, I thought it was really funny that for a while there, the entire Internet was wondering, what the hell is a three person leadership council going? What's going on in Dallas? And why is Jason Kidd listening to this? Who's coaching this team? But uh, that that resulted in some weird lineups. So only thing I really want to say on this one, other than other than that, which I forgot about, and that was pretty funny to see Reggie Bullock off the bench, 16 points. Yes. This comes a couple of days after our own Nick Angstead questioned Jason <laughs> Kidd about this. And Jason Kidd was like, well, should I be playing him more? And it cl clearly Jason Kidd, you should. So I think this makes Nick Angstead an honorary coach of the Dallas Mavericks. So coming up next, <laughs> we're going to get into <laughs> the Denver Nuggets lost to the Utah Jazz and the Knicks win over the Philadelphia 76ers in the Wednesday episode of Locked On NBA. Hey, let's talk about excessive perspiration, which is what Nick Angstead was feeling when he asked Jason Kidd that question. If you've got an issue, sweat block is going to help you. Now, we've been talking about sweat block for a few weeks. It's the wipe that stops sweat for seven days. People have been listening. We have friends of Locked On who have tried sweat block and they have loved it. There's a high school teacher who used to have to change shirts in, you know, in the middle of the workday. You could hear the students talking about him, tried sweat block. Now one shirt, no problem, no more comments. A Hollywood producer who was working on the set of a Marvel movie that worked eight, 18 hour days in the Atlanta heat, tried sweat block. Now she, she went through that and was fine. It actually inspired an A-list actor to use it to stay dry on the set and the red carpet. There's a soccer player who used it, impressed his teammates by coming out of practice with a dry shirt. Very simple. You go take a shower, put on sweat block uh, afterwards, sweat block on the uh, problem areas. In the morning when you wake up, you wash it off, boom, 
it stops sweat for up to seven days. Some people it's been longer. It's doctor created, it's doctor recommended, and it has a dry shirt guarantee. For some reason, it doesn't, doesn't work. You get your money back. So go to sweatblock.com, use the promo code locked on. You get 20% off. You can use it anywhere. Go use it. Uh, go get it at sweatblock.com with the promo code locked on for 20% off or pick some up at Amazon or CVS. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. We are free and available five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the association. No paywall, just solid basketball talk from our rotating host here at the Locked On NBA podcast. So a couple more games to go over before we get to real or fake in the third segment of today's show. We're going to jump to the Denver Nuggets falling to the Utah Jazz, 122-110. Big story out of this one, though, was Nikola Jokic banging knees as you said kind of similar to Anthony Davis leaving the game he only played 15 minutes in this one they did list him as questionable to return but he looked to be in a considerable amount of pain didn't end up coming back in he was beasting until that point he was eight of nine from the field including three of three from deep six rebounds six assists with just one turnover and he had 24 points in those 15 minutes obviously this one kind of swung the game but I was a little bit nervous for the Jazz. They they didn't manage to kind of pull away and start to close this one out as much as I thought they were going to do it after Jokic went out. Can we say, by the way, 15 minutes, Jokic with 24 points was the leading scorer for the game? The game, not just the Nuggets, <laughs> the game after 15 That's minutes. how dumb he was until that point. That's how awesome he was. Um, I actually texted you saying something along the lines of, you know, I can't believe that the, Nug the 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 Jazz haven't been able to pull away from the Nuggets in this, you know, without Jokic. But credit to the Nuggets who, um, look, they also suffered a, you know, Will Barton comes in with 21 points and at the end he's holding his thumb. So the, not a great night for the Nuggets at all. Utah pulled away. They lose Jokic. They, they may lose Barton for, I, I mean, I don't know, but he, he suffers an injury. A, a very problematic game for them as they obviously Murray's out. Porter Jr. had a, a, a terrible shooting night. Um, but credit to them for hanging in for as long as they did. And look, for Utah, I'll, I just want to say this anything that involves Hassan Whiteside, I'm out. I'm out. He, and, and he had such a, a run on the floor where he was, he was in the middle of so many bad things. And then the softest ejection I've ever seen. Uh, I, I'm so, that, so anti what, what would you What would you call that? It was him and Michael Green after a Donovan Mitchell layup where he gets fouled, goes up for the end one. And like, they started just like that. That's the softest double ejection I've ever seen. Right. Like that was like a heated exchange and that was it. Like there it was, wasn't there was even nothing pushing there. and shoving. It wasn't even the only thing I can think of is Jermichael Green kind of pushed a referee out of the way. And I didn't see what if Whiteside had touched the referee, but they I don't I, I really don't know. And I hope there's a pool report that comes out be, because of this. Um, but uh I only saw your typical not even pushing and shoving. There really wasn't much pushing and shoving. They basically each got double text and tossed like right away. Um, which probably did the jazz a favor because then the jazz could didn't have to play him. And they could pull away the rest of the way. 
No, and look, they they were kind of surgical on the night to a certain degree, right? Like the Jazz and their ball movement at generating open threes is so unbelievably good. You have Rudy Gobert down low. They should have. I don't know if this game makes me a little bit more nervous about them in the playoffs. They're going to be a great regular season team, right? Like they're going to probably finish with a one or two seed out in the West. And then I wonder, are they going to be able to get it done in a, in the playoffs because you don't have Rudy Gobert completely punishing the Denver Nuggets like he should have done? He was seven of eight. He was great in this one got to the line a bunch but it felt like he should have been doing so much more when you don't have Jokic there um but they're going to be a good regular season team you can see it with the way they move the ball with Donovan Mitchell there he finished with 22 on the night as well like I don't know what, what do you think about them kind of looking at them in this one in a win right like not the yeah. most confidence inspiring it's it, it, I feel like they're the Utah Jazz I, I just yeah I, I I almost it's weird because we have to talk about the Utah Jazz because they're one of the best teams in the league and they're going to be fighting for the top seed in the West. So you have to talk about the Utah Jazz. At the same time, the conversation about the Utah Jazz has not changed much over the course of time. And these games that we've seen right now hasn't really, they haven't really changed anything about my opinion. The, the addition of Whiteside, and, and I say this obviously having just expressed my disdain for Whiteside, it doesn't solve any problems. In fact, it, I think it adds a problem to the Jazz. And all it tells me is they're going to have to be a player at the deadline because what you're going to need moving forward is some kind of small ball option at the five. I mean, is Pascal going to be the guy that that can can help reshape lineups that, that, that does that somehow? I, I don't think so. Um, so... Whiteside can help them kind of duplicate off the bench a little bit of what Gobert does so they don't have to radically change what they do uh, in in bench lineups. Okay, fine. They're going to be a great regular season team. They could win 60-plus games. I would not be surprised by any, by any of that. Okay, so? like Yeah, like it's – no, that's it. It's just like – so they're going to be an amazing Jazz. regular season team. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It feels like they're still missing that one thing. And despite the win, they make me, I don't know, a little bit nervous when it comes to the playoffs. But it's also like way early in the season. So I don't want to jump to conclusions too much. But a team I might be willing to jump to conclusions on might be the Philadelphia 76ers, who, <laughs> despite making this close at the end, got kind of worked by the New York Knicks. 112-99. The Knicks jumped out and were winning by 20 at halftime. Uh, the biggest lead for them at this one, 27 points. You know, uh, this one, I, I look at the 76ers and man, they're not fun to watch. You had Joe Embiid be off, no Ben Simmons, they're a little bit banged up, and like their offense freaking sucks, man. Like they work <laughs> way too hard to generate not amazing looks if Embiid isn't playing at an MVP level, and he wasn't in this one. He was just two of seven on the night, 14 points. That's it. Like, if if he's not playing, that's not MVP numbers, obviously. If he's not doing that, like Oh, they're, they're yeah. missing something. And it's a shame because their defense can be really good. Like Tobias Harris, I thought did a pretty good job on Julius Randle in this game. They, they need to do something yeah. like two decent players might help them a whole lot. Even if it's not Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we're, we're going to talk about Dame in a, in a few minutes, but um, they need something. And look, Joel is dealing with a knee injury. 
So he's he's going to try to gut through a knee thing. But that, very similar to my Anthony Davis thoughts, you, you can't try to have Joel Embiid gut through too much. Because when he does, he just exacerbates an issue. And you it, it's something that just always lingers with him. You have to you have to find a way to sit him down, and get it right. But without Ben Simmons, then they they are really out of options because it used to be that hey, we can sit Joel for a few games. We'll we'll just build it around Ben Simmons. We'll play a different style, and we'll play off of Ben Simmons, and we can kind of get through it. And Simmons could thrive a little bit without Joel on the floor because he has like more space. Jo- uh, ben with shooters and and. That that can kind of he can thrive with that. So I'm gonna say that I, I feel like this is kind of playing all directly into Ben Simmons' hands. Like this is this is exactly the type of situation that he and Clutch Sports are are just loving because the Sixers look bad right now. They look they look like a team that's not cohesive, and if Joel Embiid is not healthy then they are toast. They are completely toast. And let me tell you something. These early losses, a loss to the Knicks is problematic because they're a division rival. These games mean something when it comes to tiebreakers. And if the the Sixers are going to struggle for a while while they figure all of this out and while Joel is going through all of this stuff, then they're going to fall down the standings. And that's going to make for a very, very difficult matchup later on. And the last thing that they want is to fall so far that they end up having to fight to get out of the play-in tournament because that means more stress on Embiid to win games, regular season games. And when the playoffs come around, he's just going to be so taxed that this is going to be a squandered season for the Sixers. And and that means that a lot of eyes are going to be on Daryl Morey, be like, this game of chicken, you, you didn't do something fast enough and look at what happened. Yeah, it, it, I agree with you on that. It definitely felt like Maury started to gain a lot of leverage when they were finding Ben Simmons. They're not finding Ben Simmons anymore. And now it seems like it's shifting back towards him because, like, I don't know, man. I don't want to watch the Philadelphia 76ers play again. Like, that's Ooh, how I, like disappointed in, that, in them I was. It was just awful to watch. The Knicks, by the way. That's a pretty fun team. I'll be honest. Like they, you had a kind of subpar game for Julius Randle, 16 points, seven or seven assists, 11 rebounds. Those numbers look good, but it was just seven of 18 from the field, but they can score in a flurry. You had Kemba Walker starting to kind of find his groove with the Knicks here. He was five of 11 from three, Evan Fournier working on and off ball four of six from three. They finished with 19 and 18 points respectively. Like they can go and all of a sudden it's been like five minutes and they just put up like 25 points on you or something like that. And just like ran you out of there. They're kind of fun to to watch. And you're even looking at Tom Thibodeau running like different rotations than he normally does, where he's mixing in the bench guys with the starters a little bit more to keep the team balanced. Like, I don't know. I'm starting to buy into the Knicks even more so than last year to a certain degree. I mean, let's look at the bench here. Taj Gibson plus 13, Derek Rose plus 10, quickly plus 13, Burks plus 11. That's where the, the game was won. But obviously you know, from a Celtics perspective, me, me having watched Kemba Walker for a couple of years in Boston and Fournier come over at the, at the end of the last season, big time signings for the Knicks nine of 17 that from three for those two, that that's, that's a huge, huge, huge boost for them. 
That's why they're there. The Knicks had offense offensive issues last season. If this can be something that straightens out, I know Kemba had been struggling for a while, but if this straightens out for a little bit, then the Knicks can be, you know, th there was always a question coming into the season. How close can the Knicks be to last year's Knicks? And the answer will be very close. In fact, possibly better. An, an off night from Julius Randle used to be a killer offensively. Yeah, killer for them. And here they go. Randall Randall scores 16 points on 39% shooting and they they still put up 112. And that that's a big big difference for the Knicks. That that's going to really help them out. Um you know, a very and a, a just side note. Very happy for Kemba Walker. Everything that he struggled with in Boston, I just covering him personally and and seeing him talking to him in the locker room, talking to him from time to time. To see him do this in front of his home crowd in New York, knowing how much he just absolutely loves being from New York. Huge moment for him. Very happy for him. So that's the night of action in the NBA. We watched it all. You didn't have to. That's why you listened to Locked On NBA. And speaking of the Knicks, we're going to talk about them when it comes to the Bulls. Are the Bulls back? And that's coming up in real or fake here in the third segment of today's episode of Locked On NBA. Oh, but first we're going to talk about our favorite protein bars, Built Bar. They just sent me the blueberry muffin ones. Those are good. And that's another special flavor that they constantly drop over at built.com. So head on over to built.com. Make sure you're using the promo code locked 15, because every time you go and you want to order something locked 15 is going to get you 15% off. They are delicious. They've got a bunch of different flavors. So whatever type of flavor you like fruity or chocolatey or peanut butter or coconut, they have something for you. If you've got a peanut allergy, no problem. They have options for you. This works if you're on a keto diet. These macros are amazing. 17 to 18 grams of protein, which is awesome. Only 130 to 180 calories, four or five grams of sugar, four or five grams of net carbs. It's perfect. I like to get them uh, after the gym. Sometimes you have one. You can have one in the morning as a meal replacement or as a snack along the way. It's healthy for you and delicious. Remember, built.com, use that promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off. Your order every time of the best tasting protein bars on the market. Thank you for making Locked On NBA your first listen every single day. Again, we are free, free, nothing better than that. And five days a week covering everything we <laughs> going on around the association. Now we're a week into the season. You can start to see some trends developing, but it's tough to kind of figure out what's real and what's fake. And we're experts, so we're going to help you out here <laughs> with this one a little bit. We just mentioned the Knicks, that I'm starting to buy into that team, but there's a team in the East that's 4-0. It's the Chicago Bulls. They've got the NBA TV game coming up on Thursday against the Knicks. John, this one's simple. They haven't been 4-0 since they've had Michael Jordan. Are the Bulls back? Is it simple, though? Is it simple? Real, real or fake? <laughs> there's only one way we can go on this, right? These are the rules. Okay. Fake. For now, fake for now, only because the wins are Detroit twice, the <clears throat> Pelicans, my apologies, and Toronto, which was a, a tight one. But I will say, look, Toronto's a tough team. They're not going to be a great team, but they always play tough. They blew the Celtics out, so I saw it firsthand. They've got athleticism. They work. They really work to, to, to beat you. Uh, so you have to earn your win against against that team. Chicago didn't play well, but they still got it out a win that they shouldn't have have won, which is a big big plus in their favor. When you beat a team, when you're playing like crap, 
and you come back and you still beat a team and you grab a win in a game that you should have lost, absolutely big time. So I'm only saying fake for now because they haven't beaten anybody good yet. This Knicks game is going to be huge, and that should be a really, really fun game. That's going to be a marquee game that everybody should watch. If they beat the Knicks, then the fake turns to real, I think. And, and we start to see them going up against better competition. If they can get these wins, continue getting these wins, then there, there's no arguing there. I'm 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 really annoyed that you just laid out like literally everything I wanted to say. They're four zero. That's great, right? They they've looked fairly good in that in that four zero, and I'm so close to believing in them. I'm not there yet. And look, it, you know they beat Detroit, who's already bad, but also no Cade Cunningham for either of those right. two games. That close right. win over the Toronto Raptors, no Pascal Siakam no Pascal. in that one. The win over the the Pelicans here, who they blew him out. Look, no no Zion Williamson. So. They've benefited from an easier schedule, but all you can do is play the teams in front of you. You get this win over the Knicks, and then maybe you get one more win after that. That's when I'm going to be like, okay, mm -hmm. this team's like actually good. If they can go to 6-0, and which means they've beaten the Knicks, and then their next game after that is against the Utah Jazz, like, yeah, I'm going to be like, the, the, the Bulls are back, and that's a team that spent their money wisely. And I didn't think that they spent their money wisely this offseason, didn't love the moves that they've made but they seem to have put that together really quickly. Like they did a very good job of using preseason to just basically go all out and kind of sort through the kinks by treating it like the regular season. Yeah. I, look, and I, I just want to also say quickly that it, it's not even about getting the wins against these particular teams because That's you're fair. obviously not, I don't expect them to go eight and oh, nine and oh, 10 and oh, if they can go up against say Utah and hold their own and play tough, then that to me is is real. If you if you face an elite team and you go toe to toe with an elite team and prove that you belong there, that's not quite as good as getting a win. But I'd rather see that than see them beat Utah on an off night where everybody was missing. Let's say because that still wouldn't tell me anything. So it, it's how they play in this next stretch that's going to be the most telling thing. Yeah, so we're both in agreement on that one that they're they're fake for now, but it, it easily could switch to this team is very very real coming up. What about fake or real for James Harden, who is really struggling this year? Is this something you think like is this the real Harden we're seeing, or are we going to get the one from last year or his struggles, which really stem a lot from the rule changes of not getting to the free throw line nearly as much, going to continue for for much of the year? He's getting to the line just three times per game this season. That's mm -hmm. the lowest of his career lower than his rookie year in Oklahoma City last season he got to the line 7.3 times per game the year before that it was basically 12 then 11 then 10 then 11 then 10 then 10 he lives at the line he seems to really be struggling right now is it the rule yeah. changes or is it something more so I I came up with the idea of real or fake and I'm already being like wishy-washy about it. So, okay. So the problems with the calls are real, but is this something that we should be worried about? I think that's fake because I think that James Harden is certainly being impacted. And I, I, I think that the way the, the game is being called has, has kind of impacted his game. He's also James Harden. He's going to figure it out. Like he's so good that he's going to figure it out. 
And a lot of this is also dependent on how the Brooklyn Nets kind of navigate the Kyrie thing. We talked about this before. I think that Kyrie is setting himself up to ultimately vaccinate himself and, and come back. And I, I don't think he's going to punt the whole season. If that happens, then things open up and he doesn't have to try to rely on tricks. I think he's going to play himself into shape or, or into like adjusting to the, the officiating. So for now, yes, certainly real that these are part of the struggles, but in the long term, I think he'll figure it out. You know, I, I'm actually going to go with like the, the struggles this whole season are, are, are true, are real. I think actually when I, when I've watched him, you said it right. Like he's going to play himself back into shape. He, he seems a little bit out of shape. He seems a little bit sluggish in that he was going to use kind of those tricks to get to the line and continue to play at such a high level. And he doesn't seem ready to not be to, to not have that in his bag right now. You know, like that's a concern to me. You know, he's he had that last year where he just kind of tanked his way out of Houston and just gave up, got out of shape. But he's such a good player that he can still play at a high level and put put up numbers, even if he's not, you know, in the best game shape possible. He can't do that anymore. And, it, it, you know, maybe he'll play himself into shape this season, but when does that happen and how do you turn that corner? And I don't see that happening in the next couple of weeks, let's say. And that's where I see these struggles really continuing until he gets to that point and because I don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, I, I have concerns about him. Do you think that he came into this season going like, yeah, right. Like, yeah, okay. I'll I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to the officials not blowing the whistle. Maybe I think that's a, a logical explanation for, for some of what's happened here, right? Like he did not look prepared to be able to play without that, without being able to get to the line on all of that garbage that I'm happy isn't here anymore, frankly, but it really hit him hard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. It's, that's something that's worth watching because they need him to step up depending on what, as you said, it's going to depend on what happens with Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving. And then lastly, we got Damian Lillard. Is his season real or fake so far? He's struggling 17 points per game, shooting very poorly. He is not even making 10% of his threes. <laughs> He's averaging eight threes per game, making 0.7 of them. This the real Damian Lillard this year? Is he finally having kind of some sort of down year? Is this fake? I'm going to say it's fake because he had that one game against Phoenix where he played 24 and a half minutes shot six of 11. Now he was only two of seven from three there, but he starts out against Sacramento. Who's got, you know, good defensive backcourt there. Um, the, the O for nine there. Okay. Probably comes out a little slow, uh, and O for eight and a blowout loss against the, uh, the, the Clippers. Okay. That, that certainly not great, but I think he, that was sandwiched around a, a performance that was, that was better and, and maybe he could have figured it out um, if he had to play longer. So it's Dame. I'm not putting any real stock in it. Three games. I'm, he's he's probably, if you go back and look over his career, he's probably had two or three three-game stretches where he's had tough shooting per season. And and he'll probably come out pretty soon and and drop a, a six for seven and eight for ten, and, and people will forget about it. 
Yeah, I'm with you. This this isn't real. Like, this is fake. He's going to be fine this year. It's Damian Lillard. Like, Dame time is up there with, like, death and taxes in terms of most, like, reliable things, I think. Um, so he's going to be fine. He's not trying to, like, tank his way out of there like James Harden no. did or anything like that. Like, he seems to want to be there right prideful. now. Things have seemed to. It, he, things have calmed down. Like, things seem... Like, they'll be fine there in Portland. I don't know. We'll see. Like, look, as a guy who covers a Western Conference team, him struggling is only a good thing. But, like, <laughs> he's too good. He's going he's gonna to be look, just fine, I think. You're not going to be able to tell me that no matter how bad it is for him in, in Portland, no matter how badly he may actually want out, and I don't know how badly he wants out if he does, but there's one thing that Damian Lillard is going to do is going to go out there and compete. Every damn night. That that's the one thing that separates him from other guys. He's not going to Ben Simmons his way out of Portland. He'll he'll work behind the scenes and they'll work with him, but he's not going to come out and suck or or let that impact him too much. Too much pride for him, and that's part of the problem. Like too much pride. That's why he's still in Portland, you know. So yeah. Oh no, be- absolutely. He's, he's going to be just fine. So there you go. That's going to do it for the Wednesday episode of Locked on NBA. Thank you for making Locked on NBA your first listen every single day. On Thursdays, you've got Matt Moore and Jackson Gatlin. And now for your second listen, listen to Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. It's free and available on all platforms. On Wednesdays, I'm your co-host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter and the host of the Locked on Pelicans podcast. And I'm John Corrales at Reds Army underscore John on Twitter, and I host the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you all next week.